welcome to the broadcast of Crosstown Church of Memphis. We are a church that is Christ-centered, diversity-driven, and community-committed. A church that's bringing people together, sharing God's message of hope, love, and service. We seek to love God, love people, and serve the city. Welcome you to our broadcast with Pastor Byron Fitzpatrick. So everybody, you got your Bibles turned to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Again, that's where we're going to be started. But did you know that there used to be a time where accessibility to the Bible, access to the Bible was not as readily available as it is today? Did you guys know that? There, was, there used to be a time where people could not get the Bible. They could not get their hands on the Bible. It wasn't as accessible. You know, we think about uh, during the days of slavery, you know, a lot of slaves, they couldn't have a Bible because one of the things is that they weren't allowed to read. They weren't allowed. It was like against the rules for them to know how to read. So for them to have a Bible was like it was a danger. It could be, you know, the, the, the risk of them getting beating, beaten or even death sometimes, you know. You know, and, and I have a good friend of mine. He's uh, passed away a couple years ago. He, he and I worked together in ministry for years and um, he used to do mission trips and he would go to China. Uh, till you remember Rich Hartman, Richie Ray, Rich Hartman, he used to go do camps. We used to do camps together all the time and travel together, do all kinds of ministry all over the place, you know. And, and I remember he used to go do these mission trips to China. And when he would go to China, he would take an extra suitcase, a big suitcase, and he would pack it with Bibles. He would pack, you know, clothes and stuff in it, but he would wrap you know, uh, uh, so he would take a shirt and wrap a Bible in it. And he could so a pair of pants and wrap a Bible in it. He would pack all these Bibles in these suitcases and take them to China. So essentially what he was doing is smuggling Bibles in because at that time, I don't know if it, it still is today, but at that time it was illegal somehow for them to have a holy Bible. They, they, they couldn't have it. They, they, they could risk the chance of possibly imprisonment for having a Bible. And so he would smuggle them in. He would risk his own safety uh, uh, and his own freedom sometimes to go in. And he used to go to China all the time. I think he adopted like eight children from China or something like that. He, he and his wife adopted a lot of children from China. And uh, I think it was like seven or eight or something like that. But he, he, this was like his heart. This was like his passion. Uh, he went there one time and all of a sudden he just fell in love with the people. So he would smuggle Bibles into China. You know, it wasn't as easily accessible as it is today. You know, <clears throat> the challenge today is not the accessibility of Bibles. It's not the accessibility of Bibles because we have Bibles everywhere, right? Bibles are so easily accessible today that it's not a problem. You know, some of you got Bibles in your homes. You probably got one in your car. I remember there was a time, man, where people, I used to keep a Bible in my car, you know, and there's people that I know um, sometimes, you know, back, especially when I was younger, you know, some elderly people, they would keep one on their dashboard in their car, you know, or, or in the back window or something like that. You know, uh, Bibles are everywhere. People, we have them on our phones. We have them on our tablets. We have them on our computers. All you got to do is just, you know, get an app on your computer and there's the Bible right there. People have Bibles. You know, you go to hotels. There's a Bible in a hotel drawer somewhere if you look hard enough. And most hotels got Bibles in them. You know, you go you go to um, 
You go to a, 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 a library. Libraries have Bibles in them. A lot of people don't know and realize that, or maybe that's something they just don't think about. You know, I remember when I was uh, in Des Moines, one of my first jobs was working with the uh, public schools, uh, the uh, public school in Des Moines. And I worked at this one particular high school, and I remember I was on my lunch break. And so during my lunch break, I went to the library, right? I go to the library and I go to the librarian and I say, hey, do you guys have a Bible in here? Because I wanted to read my Bible, but I didn't bring one to work. You know, I said, do you guys have a Bible in here? And the librarian's like, yeah, we got a Bible in here. We, got, we actually got a few of them in here. I said, where are they at? You know, and so I, she takes me to, to, to the, the spot where the Bibles are at. And we go back to a corner, you know, in the back of the library, in a corner, on the bottom shelf, there were three Bibles. And I was like, y'all got Bibles here in the public school library? And she was like, yeah, we do. I said, okay, I'm, I'm on a mission now. I'm on a mission because you know, there's, there's this thing about public schools and being able to worship and being able to have your Bible, being able to pray and all this stuff. They said it's against the rules, it's against the law, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. If it was against the law, then why they got it in the library? Y'all hear me? It ain't again. So kids, if you're in high school, if you're in junior high school, if you're in elementary school, if you listen to me right now, go to your library and see if they got a Bible in the library. I, I found one in the high school library. Bibles are accessible all over the place. You can get them everywhere. Amen. You go to hotels, churches, online, your phones, everywhere. People aren't following Christ. People are people who are not even following Christ. People who are not even believers have access to the Bible. There's a whole bunch of unbelievers that got a Bible in their house. I remember this guy that, uh, 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 I can't think of his name right now, the one who married um, the lady I used to live with, Marguerite. Uh, Mr. B uh, Brother Ben, we just call him Brother Ben, right? This dude, yeah, Brother Ben, right? Brother Ben, this dude had the Bible memorized up and down, back and forth, inside and out. And he was, he, he was raised as a believer, he was raised in the church, but then he left the church, and if you ask him, God rest his soul, not, he was pimping, smoking dope, drinking, doing everything in the world, right? <laughs> he did it all. He, was doing, he totally abandoned the church. He totally abandoned God and everything. But he never stopped reading and studying his Bible. He, told, he was an agnostic, an unbeliever. He never stopped reading his Bible. And then at, at a certain point in his age, you know, there was something that happened. And he, he, he came back to Christ. He came back to the church. He came back to Christ. You know, he got his life cleaned up and everything like that. And when he did, I was amazed at how much this dude knew the Bible. Up and down, up and down. I'm like, Brother Ben, how in the world? He said, uh, uh, Brother Byron, he said, when I was out there in the world, he had a real scratchy voice too. He said, when I was out there in the world, he said, I ain't bleeding none of this stuff. He said, but I don't know what it was. It was just something in me. I just need to read it. I just need, he said, I read it every day. I studied it every day of my life. He said, I didn't even believe it. He said, I was trying to find something to tell me that it wasn't true. That's why I was reading it all the time, trying to find something to tell me that it wasn't true because I didn't believe in it. He said, but 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 I, I couldn't run from it no more. I couldn't run from it no more. He had to memorize open. Unbelievers have access to the Bible, amen? But here's the thing. Having access isn't uh, 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 what we're really trying to do here as a church. In other words, we're not trying to give out a whole bunch of Bibles. There was a time where churches was constantly giving out Bibles. You know, I remember when I worked in youth ministry, uh, there was an organization that I used to actually buy Bibles from them. I would buy like two, three hundred Bibles from them and I, and I would get them. Actually, no, I didn't. I didn't even buy them. 
They gave them to me for free. There was an organization that would get out, give out Bibles for free, and I would I would request like two or three hundred dollars. I mean, two or three hundred Bibles every single year, just so that I can use them to give it up, give them out to teenagers, right? And they would just all they would ask for was just a donation. Bible church, we're not trying to give out a whole bunch of Bibles. We don't have to. All you gotta do is pull up on your phone. Why we need to give away a free physical Bible? We don't need to, do we? It's not, giving access to the Bible is not a real challenge today anymore because it's so readily available. Here's the challenge. Y'all ready for this? Here's the challenge. The challenge is getting people to engage and study it. That's the challenge. And getting, getting Bibles into people's hands is not as easy. This is not a problem with that. But getting people to read it, getting people to study it, getting people to engage in it, that's the challenge. That's the hard thing to do. We don't need more access to more Bibles. We need more engagement in the Bible. Amen. Hardly anyone is studying the Bible today. Hardly anybody. If I were to do a poll right now and I ask everybody here right now and everybody's watching online right now, if I was to ask you how many of you are actually studying your Bible? And I'm not talking about just picking up reading every now and then. I'm talking about actually studying the Bible, engaging in the Bible. The percentage will probably be less than 10 percent. That's what ongoing studies continue to show. Less than 10 percent. Now, I'm not talking about people outside of the church. I'm talking about people inside of the church. And in a lot of cases, probably less than 10 percent. It's probably get down five, three, two, one. Just out of it. Brenna said she say one. She say one percent. You know, just think, just think about this. Just think about how different your life would be if you actually studied it and if you actually engaged in it. How how different would your life actually be? Most people would probably admit that they they need to study more, right? Most people would probably admit that if they studied more, if they engaged in the word more, then their lives probably would be a little bit better. Now, I'm not, not trying to say your life is terrible, but if you, you, you'll probably admit that if you studied more, if you engaged in the Bible more, if you applied it to your life more, that your life would probably be better. Amen? Most people won't admit that they don't study the Bible. Most people will admit that they don't study the Bible a lot, but most people won't admit that they don't study the Bible at all. And more than 50% of Christians don't study the Bible at all. I think the last time I looked at the, uh, the research on there, it was somewhere around 70% of Christians that don't study it at all. And then, so you got 30% that studies it occasionally, and then you got 10% or less that studies it on a regular basis. So when you think about that, wow, why aren't we doing this? You know, it, 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 the Bible is alive. It's, it's, it's transforming. You know, when I study the Bible, I get excited. I get excited every time I gain something new, every time I learn something new. I read scriptures over and over again, scriptures that I read, you know, ever since I've been reading scriptures, I'll read them today. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, I've been reading this whole thing wrong all this time. Just by this simple phrase right here or by a simple word right here or something. I, I've been re I've been reading it wrong the whole time. 
I'll give an example. I shared this with you guys a few weeks, uh, maybe last month or so, about the scripture where it says, uh, give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give it to your bosom. And that scripture, all the time, every time you hear that scripture in church, they're talking about offering, special offering, they're talking about tithes and everything like that. It has absolutely nothing to do with offerings and tithes. When Jesus spoke those words, he was talking about good deeds. He was talking about forgiving. He was talking about helping your brother. If you give to your brother, if you help your brother, if you forgive your brother, how many, how often will it be given to you? People will give back to you the same thing, pressed down, shaking together, running over, so men give it to your bosom. It ain't had nothing to do about money whatsoever, but we always use it for my word. I was like, oh my gosh, we've been misusing this scripture. How, how does that come? From studying and engaging into the word. It literally transforms my thinking. It literally transforms how I see God. It transforms how I see the world. When I study the word of God and I get more enlightenment, I get more understanding about it. It changes the way I think about myself. It changes the way I think about other people. It changes the way I think about God and how I see the world. Okay. Let's get into it. We're starting a new series today, y'all. And it's titled Text. Amen. T-X-T. Or if you want to say T-E-X-T, you spell the whole thing out. It's up to you. But text, text. We are going to get into the text of this Bible. Amen. We're going to examine God's word and why it's so important to our lives. So many people today, they simply do not understand God's word. A lot of people don't study it because they simply don't understand God's word, you know, or, you know, that, and sometimes it's not even that people just don't read as much as they used to read. This period across the board, you know, I got probably me and Marguerite probably got. I don't know how many books we got in our house, but some of them I haven't read. You know, I, I think I don't read. I don't read uh, maybe 50 percent of them. There's been a bunch, a few of them that I, I just, you know, cracked the first first, second, third chapter. And that's it. You know what I mean? But I got them. But I got a lot of books, you know, and I've, I've read these books before. And, and it's like I used to read all the time. I used to read all the time. I don't read as much as I used to read anymore, you know, but, 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 but one thing I do read is I read the Bible. I study the Bible. This is one thing out of everything that I read. This is one thing that I do read. I read this thing right here, but we don't, we just don't read as much as we used to read, but people, they just don't read God's word, but they don't. A lot of people don't read it because they don't understand it. And so because they don't understand it, they feel like, ah, they get frustrated with reading the Bible throughout history. It's been a common practice for people to do what? To stand and read God's word together. Right? So we're going to do something a little different today. We're all going to stand. If you can't stand it, we're going to read God's word together. Amen. Look, drone, look at me and start laughing. <laughs> we're going to stand. If you want to stand, I'm not going to force you to do it. But if you want to, we're going to stand and read God's word today. Don't worry. I'm not going to make this a common practice. Okay. I want to do it today, though. All right. Amen. We're going to stand and read God's word together. That's why I had you guys turn to Hebrews uh, chapter 4 and 12 uh, early. Amen. From the very beginning. So y'all be ready. So if you are already turned there to your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If you don't have your Bible, you can look on the screen. Is the screen gone? Oh, oh, there it is. Give me the scripture up to Hebrews chapter four and verse 12. And so read along with me, if you will, for the word of God. Oh, also, let's let you know if you don't have if you read off your phone, I'm using the uh, New Living Translation. OK, I should have told you guys that ahead of time. My bad. All right, here we go. Let's read. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two edged sword 
cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Amen. As we say, uh, you say the Baptist church all the time, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the doing of his word. Amen. Amen. You all may be seated. <laughs> Amen. So I read that again. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse uh, 12. Uh, it's the apostle Paul says here, he says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Amen. The apostle Paul is telling us that this book right here is more than just an entertainment reading. He's telling us that this book right here is more than just, you know, a leisurely reading. This is more than just words printed on, on paper. Amen. He said that this book right here, it is alive and it is powerful. Do you guys remember those pop-up books? Remember those books you used to get? We used to get them as kids. I used to get them to our kids all the time. You know, we used to go to Barnes and Nobles. Hey, I'm going to tell you this right now. I, 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 when, when, I, when, I, when our kids were young, they used to read all the time. There was something about reading. And we used to force them to read too, right? And one of the things that we used to do, if y'all guys got young kids, let me tell you, do this right here. Go to Barnes and Nobles. Amen. And you know, Barnes and Noble's got a kid section, right, for reading, right? We used to go to, and they, they, can, they got little tables and chairs, little play area where they can sit down and get a book and whatever. And so we would use Barnes and Noble as this, as kind of like a reward system with our kids. And we would take them to Barnes and Noble, and uh, with me and Marguerite, we, we would go to the coffee shop because a lot of times they have Starbucks in there. We'd get us a cup of coffee or something like that. Maybe we'd get us a book and sit down in the adult section or something like that. And we'll tell our kids, we'll leave them in the, in the kids section. And we'll tell them, all right, go get two books. Y'all get two books, go over there to the kids section. Y'all sit down and read or whatever like that. You remember this tale? Go down there to the kids section right there, get two books or whatever. You got plenty of time. We would stay in there like an hour, hour and a half, just hanging out in Barnes and Noble. And then when they would all select their two books, you know what I'm saying? We would buy those two books and then we would go home. They would be excited about those books. Man, if you want to get your kids to read, make it fun for them. Make it fun for them. We got to figure out how to make the Bible fun, y'all. Yeah. We got to figure out how to make it fun. We're going to do that, all right? Okay. All right, all right. So these pop-up books was one thing that was really fun for kids, and they would get these books, and it was engaging to them. They, it was more than just words printed on a paper, but when they would open up, life would pop out. The figures would pop out, and they, they would get excited about it. I want you to know that the Bible doesn't, we don't, you know, it don't do that physically. We don't open the Bible and, you know, Jesus just stand up. You know what I mean? That would be cool, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Especially with the hologram, Jesus, like, for real, he's hologram grandma from heaven and he popped up right there. Jesus, we need to have a conversation. That would be smooth right there. Some Star Trek stuff, right? Some Star Wars stuff. But the, Paul, the Apostle Paul wants, he's trying to get us to understand this. This Bible is alive and it's powerful. It's like a pop-up book. When you open this thing up and you read it, it's like life just comes out. Life comes out of the words that are printed here. Life comes out of the things that are, that are said here in this book. I just opened up this Bible right here to the Song of Solomon. Y'all ever read the Song of Solomon? Beautiful stuff in here, man. Beautiful writing. Amen. They are not just words printed on a paper. They are living words. You know, uh, uh, they have the power to transform lives. This Bible transformed my life. You know how I got to, to got to a place where I truly believe in God by reading. 
I, 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 I wanted to know. I was 21 years old and I was raised in the church and I was taught all the things about God and Jesus and everything like, you know, the basics at least. And then I got to a place at 21 years old. I wanted to know, is this real? I want to know if God was real. I want to know if Jesus Christ is real. And you know what I did? I don't know. Who, I don't know where I got it from. I don't know who taught me. Nobody told me to. I just did. I said, if I want to know if God is real, I need to get in the Bible. That's how, that's how I decided. I, I, I want to know if God is real. I want to know if Jesus is real. Okay, let me read. I started reading and studying the Bible. And, and, and I, I, I started finding stuff. I told y'all this over and over. I started finding stuff. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this and see if it works. I'm going to try this and see if it works. You know, we do all type of stuff. You know, we want to we want uh, want to get in shape, right? We'll Google, go online, and we'll find something to look good, sound good. We're like, I'm going to try this, right? I'm going to try this and see if it works. We want to lose some weight. We'll find a weight loss program. I'm going to try this and see if it works. I'm going to try this and see if it works. What if you did that with the Bible? We do that with other areas in our lives. I'm going to try this and see if it works. I'm going to try this and see if it works. If we did that with the Bible, what would happen? Lives would be transformed, transformed, even though... They are alive, the words in this Bible, and they have the power to transform lives. So many people still neglect to allow God to work in their lives through his word. People, most of us realize, most of us, most of us uh, will admit that we believe that this, 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 these words in this Bible are alive, that they're powerful, that they can they have the power to transform lives, but we still neglect to read it. We still neglect to pick up the Bible and take a look at it and study it. Most people, they trust. Most people, they hope. Most people, they have faith that it will work in their lives without spending any real time studying it and to gain understanding of how to make it work. We just have faith and we have hope and we trust that it's going to work in our lives. But, but we don't put no work into it. We don't put no studying into it. We don't read it. But it's going to work for us. I, 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 it's going to work for me. I know. I hope. I trust. It's going to work for me. I have faith. It's going to work for me, right? Most people, they want God to lead them and to give them instructions and give them a, a direction. But they never, they never, never, never look for leadership. They never look for direction. They never look for instructions. That's already written. We, we, we hoping that God going to give us some direction. We hope he going to give us some instruction. We hope that he going to give us some leadership. It's already written. If you want it, go in here and find it. You don't, you don't have to pray about it. There's times I, you know, I hear people, let's pray about it. My wife just recently, there was something. She said, well, let's pray about it. I said, we don't need to pray about it. This is already written. We already know what to do. Just do what it say do. Why we got to pray about something that's already said? Why we got to pray about something that's already written? I'm not, I'm not saying neglect praying, okay? But why we got to pray about something that's already written? You want to know? Boom, it's right here. Oh, that's what Jesus said. Okay, let's do it. Okay, most people, they never do. Okay, here's an example. You, 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 you got to take an exam. You're in school, in college, whatever you're in. You're in you get work, whatever it is. You got an exam that you got to take, right? And in this exam, you're expecting to make an A. You want to make an A on this exam, right? But you don't spend no time studying. You don't spend, you don't go to no study groups. You hardly ever go to class. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you got a textbook. You don't never pick up your textbook. Every now and then you pick up a textbook. And when you do pick up a textbook, you know what the first thing you do? Look for the cleft notes. You don't read the you don't read the whole chapter that or chapters that you have in the exam on. You go straight for the class notes because you want to do what? Take the shortcut. You want somebody just to give you the answer, right? But you you expect to make that. You ain't studied. 
You, ain't, you don't pick up the textbook. You don't go to any study groups, but you want to make an A, right? You want to make an A. <laughs> Guess what? That's not going to work. It don't work like that, right? You take the exam and then you don't pass. You take the exam and you fail with flying colors. And you wonder why? How in the world did I pass it? I know this stuff. I know this stuff. Oh, uh, you thought you knew it. But even if you knew it, why not study it to make sure? So many people take tests and take exams and they, do, and they wonder why they don't do as well. It's because they didn't really spend the time that was necessary to study. Sometimes people have a hard time studying in the right way. Sometimes they're studying the right way gets in the way of them understanding certain things. And that's why some people get discouraged about reading because they're studying the wrong way. Amen. The Bible, God's word says in the book of James, chapter two, verse 17, it says faith by itself is not enough. Everybody says it's not enough. Faith by itself is not enough. Amen. Unless it produces work, it is dead and useless. So many people are living their Christian lives on faith and faith alone. It ain't living their life on faith and faith alone. The Apostle Paul says, or actually James said, it is not enough to live by faith alone. Faith has to have works. If it does not have works, it is dead and useless. So just imagine if you're not studying God's word, if you're not engaging in God's word and you're living on faith, then what you're living on is dead and useless. As James says, you will never succeed with the issues of life if you never allow the living words in this book right here to live through your life. You, your, your failures are going to outweigh your successes. We are going to have successes. We are going to have failures. But if you don't allow for this word to be living in your life, engaging in this word right here, <clears throat> your failures are going to outweigh your successes. Let me let's do a poll here real quickly. Amen. How many of you own a Bible? How many people own a Bible? You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hand. I mean, if you want to, you can. It's up to you, but you don't have to. I'm not going to make it. People online, I want y'all to ask yourself these questions too. How many of you own a Bible? Amen. Physical or electronic? All right. How many of you own two or more Bibles? I think I got like three or four. Actually, if I count all the electronic ones, I probably got about eight or nine. <laughs> you know, I even got a Quran. I got a Torah. Uh, I got a couple of different Bibles, you know, because I want to I want to know what they saying out there. You know, I want to know. Hey, because guess what? I heard a guy say, actually, I heard Kurt Whalem say this. Um, Kurt Whalem said this. Me and Margaret was at a, at a, at a, at a uh, thing that they do here. Actually, they're starting to back up. Uh, they, it's called the Mystic, right? Remember the Mystic, uh, Miss uh, Lenny? They're starting to back up, okay? Uh, Kurt Whalen was at the Mystic one time, and he's, he's always there. And he was talking, and he said, it's like a religious conversation that they have and mixed in music and stuff like that. Kurt Whalen said he was taught in, when he was in seminary school, he was taught to, to believe in the foundations. You know, where the foundational things that you're taught, believe in your foundations. Be hard on your foundation. Know your foundation. He said, but he was, he was taught this also. But what if the foundation is wrong? You believe in something so hard your entire life as a foundation. But what if it's wrong? Then what? Oh, man. Guess what? Uh, I, got, I got several Bibles. Why? 
because I want to study. Even if I find out that this is not true, I want to I want to find out that it's not true. I don't want somebody to tell me that it's not true. I want to find out for myself that it's not true. Show me. So let's look and see what it says. I remember a friend of mine uh, was trying to tell me about some things in the Quran that it was it was promoting some some evil, violent type stuff or whatever. And he quoted a scripture to me, a, a place in the book where he said that it was in the book and everything like that. And I said, oh, for real? Like, God, because there was a scripture or something that I had shared, which was out of the Holy Bible. And he was saying that, that same scripture in the Quran is promoting violence. And whatever. I was like, really? So I got my Quran out and I looked at it and found out that was a total lie. The Quran was actually promoting peace, just like the Holy Bible was. I said, y'all need to stop doing this. Y'all making people think that they teaching some evil stuff. I don't know what they're teaching all together, but I can go to my Quran and see what they're saying. All right. Okay, let's move on. I got all kinds of Bibles. How many of you went to uh, went with this whole week? How many of you went this this whole week and studied at least one time? I told you, you don't have to raise your hand. You can study. You can raise your voice. How many studied at least once a week? Ask yourself that question. Twice, two, three times a week, a couple times this week. How many of you studied zero times this week? Be honest with yourselves, okay? Be honest. How many of you actually studied? I'm not talking about picking up the Bible and just reading casually, whatever, as your obligation, obligated reading time, but actually studying the Bible, engaging in the Bible. How many of you did it zero times this week? I'm not talking about going on Facebook and somebody posted a scripture and you read it. No, no. I'm not talking about your watch giving you that, what, mindfulness? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking, I'm talking, you got into this thing for yourself. You got into this thing for yourself, all right? How many? Zero times. Okay? Let's keep talking, right? How many of you went this whole week without eating or drinking anything? Chances are probably nobody. Because <laughs> you be passing out right by now, amen? If you didn't eat nothing, you at least drank something, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you put something in your body, amen? Some food, some water, some drink or something. Yeah, we all put something in our bodies, amen? Why do we do that? Because we know we need food and water to sustain ourselves. We know we need food and water to live. We know we need food and water to stay alive. Because if not, we're going to pass out, amen? We're going to slowly die, amen? I mean, we can go, uh, we can go a, a long time without food and water, but we, you know, something's going to happen to us. We're going to start getting weak. Our bodies are going to start, you know, shutting down at some point. Now, think about it. If you're not studying God's word, you go a whole week without eating. Your spiritual life is going to start shutting down. Your spiritual life is going to start suffering. It's going to start something. Something's got to give. It's not going to go up. It's not going to be positive. It's got to go down if you're not feeding yourself spiritually. If you're not getting to God's word, engaging yourself in this thing, it's not going to happen. Amen. Why? No, you know, if you need food. OK, you need God's word to survive. Yet don't consume it. Matthew chapter four, and verse four, four, it says this. It says, but Jesus said this. He said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. He said, just like you need bread and water to live, you need God's word to live. You need God's word to live. You got to have this word. You got to have this thing every day in your life consistently on a regular basis. Feed, 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 eat on it. If you don't eat food and water to drink, you're going to slowly die. Amen. Because we have God's word so ready to accessible, so many people, they neglect it. They take it for granted. Amen. When you have something that's of value to you, when you have something that's precious to you, when you have something, you know, that's a value to you and it's at your disposal, it's right there. We all have a tendency to take it for granted. 
say, say, we, 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 we got, oh man, a beautiful spouse, beautiful companion, value, beautiful family members that's close to us, value. They're at our disposal, right there, easily, easily accessible, right there. We tend to take them for granted, don't we? And then we got somebody over here across town who is not as easily accessible, and it's like we give them all our attention. And they ain't worth it. I mean, not, not worth it completely, but you know, we, if, we got a, if we got a bank account full of money, we spend like we, it's gonna be there forever, don't we? <laughs> I mean, the bank account, the, the, the numbers look good, right? It, it's multiple numbers lined up in that balance, boy. We spending money like it's gonna be there forever. But soon as we're down to like three digits or two digits, we start watching it, don't we? We start paying attention to that money then, don't we? <laughs> but if it's more than that, hey, 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 you want to go out, what you want to do today, huh? Let's do this, let's do that, let's do this, let's do that. When, when, when things that are valuable to us, things that are precious to us, and when they are easily at our disposal, we tend to take them for granted. The Bible is so accessible to us, it's easily at our disposal, and we take it for granted, amen? The book of Psalm chapter 119 and 16, it says, I delight in your words. I will not neglect them. We need to not neglect God's word. We need to delight in his word, realizing that it is powerful and that it is life to us. Synonyms for the word neglect. I'm going to wind this thing down, y'all. Synonyms for the word neglect is this. Uncared for, mistreated, abandoned, forsaken, dilapidated, unattended, uncultivated. When it comes to God's word, we are neglecting his word in our life. The ability for his word to be power, the ability for his word to be light to us. We, it is uncared for, it's mistreated, it's abandoned, forsaken, dilapidated, it's unattended to and uncultivated. Sadly, so many people, they neglect God's word. They take it for granted. Here at Crosstown Church, we are trying to do our best to help you out. We're trying to do our best, not only to, to make it accessible, but we are trying to do our best to create a pathway for people to engage in God's word. One, we try to have service every Sunday, amen? Even when I'm out of town traveling because of technology, I'm still going to log on. Last week, uh, we was in, me and wife, my wife was in Las Vegas, sitting there in a hotel room. I logged on. I did service. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to make sure that there's Sunday service as much as possible all the time. You know, it's, it, you, you, you're going to get it. You're going to get something. You're going to get something. Amen? We, 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 uh, uh, we have uh, 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 community groups. Yeah, we have our community groups that meet throughout the month. We have a we have a group that's called Equip for Young Adults. We got one that's called Fellowship Fridays for Men. We got uh, Pearls for the Women. And then we got a Heart to Heart for Couples. Amen. These are study groups, a time, an opportunity throughout the month, every month, multiple different things, subjects and, and groups and everything that we can get together and have discussion and study God's Word, engaging in God's Word. We got our website, you know, all of our messages, this message here, all of our messages are uploaded to our website. Go to We Are Crosstown com. They're uploaded to the website. We got our YouTube. All the messages are on YouTube. You know, we got our Facebook. We're on Facebook Live right now. We put them on Facebook. You know, we got podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. What else we on, y'all? We're everywhere. Tia, you keeping up with me? 
We everywhere. We we got we got about six or seven different podcast apps that we're out there on, man. We all over the place. There is so many places where you can get the word, where you can get the message, where we can come together and study God's word, get into his word and engage in it so that it can become alive and powerful in our lives. And guess what? My message notes are available too. All you got to do is ask me. All you got to do is ask me. I'll give you my notes. So some of y'all don't want to take notes. Well, guess what? You don't have to take notes, but I encourage you to take notes because studies show that if you write something down, you have a better chance of retaining that, that information in your memory as opposed to not writing down. But I'll give you my notes. All you got to do is call and ask me. Maybe I'll just start loading those up on the website too. So you don't have to call and ask me. They'll just be there. You can go watch the video and you can get the notes and everything. Maybe I'll start doing that, okay? Uh, uh, you know, it's up to you to take full advantage of these opportunities. Why? Because it's important to engage in God's word. It is alive, it is active. The book of John chapter one and verse one, it says, in the beginning, in the beginning was what? Was the word. You know, I tell you all from time to time, when it comes to the things of God, make it personal. Make it personal. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning of what? Creation? Yeah. In the beginning of what? In the beginning of my journey to seek Christ. In the beginning of my journey to know God. What was there? The word. In the beginning of my path to destruction. God saw me. He knew I needed the word. What's your beginning? Make it personal. What's your beginning? And when you find your beginning, you, there's something that you can always find there, and that is going to be the Word. It's always going to be. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and made his home among us. Jesus is the word that became flesh. Jesus declared that he was the word. To know him is to serve him and to follow him. We must feed on his word, yet so many people neglect it. We need his word to sustain ourselves. We need his word to be successful. We need his word to live a life, a full life. He said, I came that you may, may have life and that you have, may have it more abundantly. I, he said, I came, I came that you may have, if we want life and if we want to live life in an abundance, we have to go to the I to get it. The I is Jesus. Jesus is the word. <coughs> we should delight in his word and not neglect it. Why is it that so many people 
neglect God's word. Why is it? It's because so many people don't understand it. And they neglect to understand what it took for us to have the access to it today. When we think about the plight of black people here in the United States, from slavery to the civil rights movement to everything else. When we think about the plight of black people today, when we look at our young people today, and even us, people that are older than you are, they look at you, every generation look at the, the, the younger generation and be like, you don't even appreciate what your ancestors did for you. You don't appreciate the hard work and the suffering and the pain that they went through for you to have what you have. This, this, this didn't come, I mean, this didn't come easy. Somebody bled, somebody died, somebody suffered, somebody put in some hard work, somebody put in some hours, sleepless hours. Somebody worked two or three jobs. Somebody went to school forever. Somebody, somebody was out there walking the streets, picking up cans and bottles. Somebody was out there plowing the fields. Somebody was out there, you know, planting seeds and, and, and picking cotton. Somebody was out there working hard, suffering and pain for you to have what you have today. And you live your life like it didn't even happen. You enjoying the pleasures of life because somebody put in the work for it. We are in, we have access to the word of God. And we don't even understand what people went through to give us this thing. All the disciples died, were killed, was martyred. All of them trying to give us this. Every single one of them was murdered. Heads cut off, burned in oil at the stake, put on a pole, tied up and burned. Why? Why? All because they was trying to give us this word. And down through the years, the same thing. People have died and suffered trying to give us this word. My friend, I told y'all, he's going to China, risking his own safety, risking his own freedom, smuggling Bibles into China. He, 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 gave, he paid a price to get this Bible to his people, to get this word to people. A lot of people, we take it for granted. Why? We don't understand it when we read it, and we really don't know what it took to get us, to get, to get it to us. So this is what we're going to do over the next several weeks. Over the next several weeks in this series titled Text, we're going to talk about next week the history uh, of the Bible, how we got it, what people went through to get us this word. If we can understand what people really went through, you know, we can have a better appreciation for it. We're going to talk about, you know, the reliability of the word. The reliability of the Bible. Some some people don't read it because, you know, they believe in God, but they just don't get into this because they don't know that it's reliable. Somebody, I hear so many people say it was written by man. Well, okay, that's why you don't read the Bible. So answer this question for me. Who do you want to write it? Can anybody answer that for me? Who do you want to write it? You want God to write it? What are you going to do? He's going to come out of heaven and just write a book and... Okay, here we go. Let's publish it. What public company we're going with? Who gonna write it? Jesus? 
Who gonna write it? It was written by man. That's why I don't, I don't believe in it. And I don't trust it because it was written by man. What book wasn't written by man? Name me one book that was not written by man. And if, 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 you, don't, if, if you don't want this one, then tell me who you want to write it in. You want to write it? Okay, you write it in. Then you'll believe in it? Well, you man too. That's not an argument, man. Come on, get out of here with that mess. Um, last thing that we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to study the Bible. So many people struggle because they don't know how to study the Bible. Or they run into obstacles in studying the Bible. So we're going to try to make it simple and plain. Uh, because one of the things that I learned more and more is that God's word is not complicated. We've made it complicated. And because we've made it complicated, we put all these obstacles and roadblocks in front of people. And people keep stumbling over and over and over again. And God's like, ah, why y'all doing this? It's not that hard. It's simple. It's easy. It's, it, it just it, it, stop. So we're going to remove some roadblocks and some obstacles and try to give you a simplified way of studying the Bible. Amen. Show you how to study the Bible. In the book of Hebrews, chapter four and verse 12, it says, for the Lord or for the word of God is alive and is powerful. It is sharper than any, uh, 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 the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our inner thoughts and desires. Let God's word become alive in your lives. If this message was a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry in a financial way, you can donate electronically by texting to 84321 and enter the dollar amount you'd like to donate in the message area. Or you can mail a check or money order to Crosstown Church of Memphis, P.O. Box 40981, Memphis, Tennessee 38104. We invite you to visit our website at www.wearecrosstown.com for more information about our church. Join us for our next broadcast next Sunday at 10 a.m. Be blessed and be better.